The Memphis Grizzlies, to start off the new year again, find themselves on one of the NBA's biggest stages against the Brooklyn Nets. And what do they do? They once again rise to the occasion and get another big victory on the road. A pretty dominating victory over the Brooklyn Nets. On their impressive victory, why Job Morant and Desmond Bain truly are a top five backcourt in the NBA right now in previewing their game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. All that and much more on this edition of the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. Here we go. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, one and all, to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Once again, want to wish you a very happy new year. And of course, the new year got started off for the Memphis Grizzlies in a very very special fashion when they visited the Brooklyn Nets and defeated the Brooklyn Nets 118 to 104. We'll get into that in just a moment. Of course, you can find myself at StatsSAC on Twitter, the show at Locked on Grizz. Obviously, myself at StatsSAC, as I mentioned. My name is Sean Coleman, credentialed media member with the Grizzlies. I've been covering the Grizzlies for over four years. Your host here at Locked on Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every day. You can find the show wherever you find podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, free on all platforms. And also right here as well on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below. Let's us know you enjoyed the show. Let's others find the show. It just in general makes the show as enjoyable as possible. So, of course, we want to remind you also that if you may want to make Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day, check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Get into within five weeks of the NBA trade deadline. So many stories out there when it comes to the NBA. Check out the Locked On NBA podcast wherever you find Locked On Grizzlies. As well. So coming into Monday, the Grizzlies had had the ability to enjoy the holiday weekend of New Year's. They had had two days off after another successful week, what had been a very successful week for John Moran. And unexpectedly, well, I won't say unexpectedly, but it looked like coming into Monday that John Moran, even before a big game against the Nets in Brooklyn, it looked like that it, it that John Morant was clearly going to be in the running for Western Conference Player of the Week. However, LeBron James had actually played more games, and just to be respectful to James's overall week, LeBron James had had the more impressive week numbers-wise when it came to his numbers that he had put up over four games and John Morant had put up over three. But while LeBron James played more games and also looked, you know, had more impressive um, individual numbers. In in his week, John Morant had actually, the previous Monday, beat the Phoenix Suns and, De and Devin Booker and Chris Paul on a last-second shot. And then last Wednesday, he went head-to-head -head with LeBron James and beat him as well. So while LeBron James had played more games, he had better numbers, De or John Morant had actually had a better record and had had more impressive victories. We'll put it that way. And of course, that's what led to John Morant winning NBA Player of the Week, his first accolades for NBA Player of the Week. It was the first time that a Grizzlies player had been bestowed that honor since March of 2019 when Mike Conley won it, only the 11th time a Grizzlies player has ever won NBA Player of the Week. Zach Randolph actually has done it four times. So a very special honor for John Morant. And once again, 
We're just seeing these incremental yet highly significant indications of John Morant continuing to go up that tier among the NBA's best talents. In his first full week back after missing nearly a month with the knee injury, he comes in and wins NBA Player of the Week. But besides that honor, which he definitely earned, how special of a seven days has it been for John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies? But of course, last night, going into a game against the Brooklyn Nets, and something that the Grizzlies had been lucky when it came to facing the Nets over the past few years is that they had avoided seeing multiple stars of Kyrie, Harden, and um, uh, Kevin Durant basically missing the stars altogether last season. But to last night, the Grizzlies played Kevin Durant for the first time in two and a half years. They faced James Harden for the first time since before the pandemic. And we're talking about a duo in James Harden and, and Kevin Durant coming into last night's game that were averaging nearly 60 points per game since they had returned from health and safety protocols. And the Grizzlies absolutely were able to take advantage of the opportunity, despite the fact that they had lost Kyle Anderson, despite the fact they had Dylan Brooks, D'Anthony Melton, and others in health and safety protocols. Obviously, the big key factor in the game was Desmond Bain and John Morant scored 65 total points, once again combining the overall attacking mode of John Morant, which led to an absolutely spectacular duck during the game that really was the momentum shift in the game, complemented by Desmond Bain's shooting another night with 25 plus, plus points and five plus threes. But the thing that, again, shows that the Grizzlies are becoming a sustainable winner, shows the trademarks of a sustainable winner, is despite the efforts of John Moran and Desmond Bain, which were the reasons why the Grizzlies were able to take a big lead and were able to maintain it until the end, was the supporting factors that also stood out. The Grizzlies were able to out-rebound the, the Brooklyn Nets by 28 rebounds, a rebound differential that set a franchise record. Another night where the Grizzlies were able to produce 25-plus second-chance points, an outstanding effort on the boards. It was an area that I had mentioned that the Grizzlies could control. It was an area I had mentioned coming into last night's game where the Grizzlies could have an advantage despite the fact that they were going to go against James Harden and Kevin Durant. But it wasn't just the rebounding efforts of Stephen Adams. Desmond Bain himself had eight rebounds. It was the defensive efforts on Harden and Durant as well. Last night, the Grizzlies held Kevin Durant and James Harden to 13 of 38 from three, four of 17, four of 15, or excuse me, 13 of 38 from the field, four of 15 from three, as well as only allowing for Harden and Durant to get to the line 17 total times. The Grizzlies made it a point. I asked Taylor Jenkins before the game, does it change anything up in terms of your game preparation when you're going against a talent combination to the level of James Harden and Kevin Durant, but your team has not faced either one of them in over a year? And he said, yeah. It changes things up a bit. You watch highlights, you try to see tendencies, you go with what works your best. And the Grizzlies did, in my opinion, one of the better defensive jobs. Again, between the combination of Kevin Durant and James Harden, the Grizzlies held that combo to 13 of 38 from the field, 4 of 15 from 3, and only allowed for them to get to the line 17 total times. Now, of course, that a big reason why they were able to do that was because 
Durant and Harden played very little in the fourth quarter because the Grizzlies had such a big lead. But that shouldn't take away from the defensive effort overall of Killian Tilly, Jarrett Culver, and others to slow down that historic combination. And the other thing that also stands out is the contribution once again from the bench. Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark, for the second straight game, had 28 or more combined points. 16 from Tyus Jones, 12 from Brandon Clark. Another outstanding effort from both of those players. But Jarrett Culver stood up in a game where he was going to get more run because the Grizzlies had to have some type of wing depth. He stood up, took on the responsibility at times of, of, of guarding a Durant or a Harden, and also contributed 12 points of his own. By far, his best game as a Memphis Grizzlies player. So yes, and deservedly so, John Morant and Desmond Bain are going to get the headlines. But it was the supporting factors in the game. The Grizzlies finding ways to take advantages in certain aspects of the game and the supporting cast stepping up and doing their jobs defensively on the boards and the bench being able to win the non-starter minutes that once again stood out as a big reason why the Grizzlies were able to get a decisive victory. But make no mistake, at the end of the day, as I had mentioned last week, it's, see if it seems like it's deja vu all over again, it is because this exact same thing happened Monday. Then, after the Grizzlies' victory over the Phoenix Suns a week ago, where John Morant and Desmond Bain also scored 65 combined points, I made the claim that John Morant and Desmond Bain could potentially be viewed as one of the best backcourts in the NBA. Now, I'm saying it with as much conviction as I possibly can. John Morant and Desmond Bain are a top five backcourt in the NBA right now. I'll get into that in just a moment. Before I do, obviously it's the new year. And you probably looked at several different things over the Christmas holiday. And if you did, you may have tried out a few free trials, but you don't want them to turn into unexpected costs. Well, the way to handle that is Truebill.com. Truebill is a great opportunity for you to be able to take your, you know, these free trials that you just enjoy looking at, that you don't want to become hidden costs, putting them into Truebill.com, using Truebill.com as a way to manage your subscriptions, it could save you money. On average, it saves its users $720 a year in hidden costs. If you go to Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA, you can get a walkthrough as well as an understanding of not only can how Truebill manage your free trials, but also your subscriptions as a whole. Make sure you check out Truebill.com today. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, the Grizzlies in a very busy week where they're going to be playing five games in seven days. They turn right around tonight and face off against the Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll obviously look at the game against the Cavaliers and also discuss when it comes to the Grizzlies, how they are continuing to find success, even though some of their better players may not, or excuse me, we'll, we'll, we'll look at the Grizzlies game against the Cavaliers. And even though Jaron Jackson Jr. is not playing to his best right now, we'll look at how some other players really are starting to step up with their offensive game, particularly, once again, the combination of Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark. That and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. But obviously, again, if you feel like you've heard this before, it's because it's absolutely true. Two straight Mondays, the Grizzlies have used th 65 combined points from Desmond Bain and John Morant to be able to beat a true title contender on the road. And they did it 
while also being shorthanded without DeAnthony Melton and Dylan Brooks and others. That's how special of a combination John ja Moran and Desmond Bain have been since Ja was able to return from his injury. And I'm going to go ahead and make the claim now. As of right now, when you consider all the backcourts in the NBA and who's available and playing in those backcourts and how those backcourts are playing right now, John ja Moran and Desmond Bain are a top five point guard in the NBA. When you really think about it, take a moment. Think about it. If you're listening on YouTube, hit it in the comments below if you agree or not. But I will make that claim. As of right now, in terms of how all 30 NBA backcourts players are played, John Morant and Desmond Bade are a top five combination, or a top five backcourt combination. I mentioned it last week that a reason why the Grizzlies are in that fourth spot in the West is because of the characteristic that they share with the top three teams when it comes to the West. You When you look at um, Golden State, Jordan Poole and Stephen Curry, when you look at Phoenix with, with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and then when you look at Utah with Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, those three teams are, in the t- are at the top of the Western Conference, and a big reason why, or perhaps the biggest reason why, for each team is the play of their backcourt. Well, that's the same thing that is emerging as the anchor for why the Grizzlies are having such a special season so far is the play of John Morant and Desmond Bain. But then you take those three backcourts that I mentioned, Paul and Curry, Booker and Paul, Mitchell and Conley, and then you look out east, you look at Levine and you look at DeMar DeRozan, that's four teams. And by the way, Though all four of those teams are either at the top of the Eastern Conference or are the top three teams in the Western Conference. But you look at those four teams, you look at their backcourts, and I, I can understand a claim all day long, those four teams' backcourts are playing better than the Grizzlies combination of Jabberan and Desmond Bain right now. But I then challenge you, name me a backcourt right now besides those four teams, besides DeRozan and Levine, Curry and Poole, Mitchell and Conley, as well as Booker and Paul, those four teams aside, name me a backcourt right now that is playing better than Jabberan and Desmond Bain. You can't. You can't. And that's how special it is to see how successful this combo is. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there are some very significant talents right now who are out. If C.J. McCollum was back healthy, playing at his level, sure, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum could be a more dominant backcourt than Bain and John Barrett. Sure, Kyrie Irving, who obviously will be back this Wednesday in his first game on the road with the Nets. Him and James Harden, yes, they're a better backcourt than John Barrett and Desmond Bain. But you don't know if McCollum's going to come back truly healthy and play to the level that he played earlier this year and with Dame struggling this year as well. You don't know how available Kyrie's going to be going forward. So yes, on paper, there may be five better backcourts in the NBA right now, but in terms of on the court and the level at which they're playing, the Grizzlies have a top five backcourt in the NBA. And it's not just a small stretch that we've seen them be successful. And it's not them doing it against weak competition. One of the biggest, two of the biggest reasons why Desmond Bain and John Morant are one of the top five NBA backcourts is they're putting together a resume where they are the biggest reasons why the Grizzlies are beating the best teams in the NBA. 
It's absolutely the truth. The Grizzlies have beat the Warriors and the Jazz and the Suns and the Nets on the road this year. And a big reason why has either been because of the play of John Morant or John Morant and Desmond Bain combined. 34 combined 20-point-plus efforts for those two players as well is among the top numbers in the NBA backcourt. I believe only Booker and Paul and DeRozan and Levine have more combined 20-point efforts among an NBA backcourt than John Morant and Desmond Bain. But again, the best indication that they truly are a top five backcourt in the NBA is the fact that they rise to the occasion in the biggest moments. And the last seven days indicate that with how well they played and how every bit of it was needed against the Suns and then how well they played and were dominant enough to be ahead by over 20 points after three quarters against Kevin Durant and James Harden. Over his past seven days, or eight days if you want to count it, John Morant has played. He shared the court with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, LeBron James, Kevin Hart, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. You're talking about five players that are either on their way to being Hall of Famers or are clear Hall of Famers already. John Morant has played those five players in three different contests over the past eight days. And in each and every one of those contests, John Morant's been the best player. And the Grizzlies have won. John Morant, we already knew he was an all-star. John Morant, we already knew he was a superstar. Well, now John Morant has put together his best indication that at any point in time, regardless of who he's playing, he could be the best player on the, he could be the best player on the court not only at any one time but consistently he outdueled lebron james head to head last wednesday and that when lebron james is playing like the best player of the nba he outdueled kevin durant and james harden because he because he and the grizzlies made the nets play their style of game and john morant was able to take advantage so yes, it's it's not a stretch anymore. It's not a claim that you feel is full of hope. It is a claim I and others can make with conviction now because the resume is there to back up the claim. Desmond Bain and John Morant are playing like a top five backcourt in the NBA. Desmond Bain has emerged as a top 15 shooter in the league. John Morant has emerged as a top 15 scorer. You don't usually see that combination of talents together who complement each other so well with Jaws' ability to get into the paint and the rim supported by Desmond Bain's resourcefulness as a three-point shooter. And here's the biggest and best thing of all. John Morant is 22. Desmond Bain is 23. That's what's amazing. Those other backcourts that I mentioned, they probably have a combination. Uh, they have a combination of veterans where you've got one who is in their early to mid-30s and you've got another who is coming into their prime. John Moran and Desmond Bain are still multiple years before their prime. And the Grizzlies are going to be able to see, Grizzlies and the Grizzlies fans are more than likely going to be able to see John Moran and Desmond Bain 
play together through their prime. They're eventually going to struggle again. They're eventually going to run into rough patches, as y'all young players do. But it's not just one game where we get to see the potential of Desmond Bain and John Morant. It is a significant stretch where they show their production can not only be sustainable, but it rises to the occasion when they play the league's best. John Morant and Desmond Bain are truly a top five backcourt in the NBA right now, and we should all cherish the ability to not only see it each and every time they get to play, but how sustainable it appears it can be moving forward. Well, once again, that combination is going to need to rise to the occasion against another very, very talented Eastern Conference team. And one of the biggest surprises of the NBA season so far, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who also are getting a bit healthier before tonight's clash with the Grizzlies. We'll look at that in just a moment. So we talk about young guards in the NBA and something that stands out about Cleveland coming into this year is that their guard play was going to be a very unique aspect of their team. You had Darius Garland, who had come off a very impressive sophomore season when he, when he, when he had played. He played overall, had a bit of injury issues, but he played overall, played very, very well. Colin Sexton, who was one of the bigger offseason storylines with the fact that he did not sign an extension with Cleveland. He was someone who was a part of many NBA trade talks. He was coming into the season as well. And then another move that Cleveland made was bringing in Ricky Rubio, who had a pretty large contract, despite the fact that they already had two smaller guards and Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, they brought in Ricky Rubio. Well, unfortunately, early in the off, early in the season, Colin Sexton experienced a torn meniscus injury, which is likely going to keep him out for the rest of the year. But after that, though it wasn't necessarily them playing together, Darius Garland and Ricky Rubio were absolutely one of the best one-two punches in the NBA, along with John Morant and Tyus Jones, one of the better one-two point guard punches in the NBA. And that has been a secret to the Cleveland Cavaliers' success. But make no mistake, ever since the Grizzlies were able to defeat the Cavaliers in the first game of the season for both teams, and we got a bit of a hint at just how special Evan Mobley is on both ends of the court, it's been Jared Allen and Evan Mobley who have really stood out as the big difference makers for this Cleveland Cavaliers team. I'm not saying they're the two best players on the Cavaliers at all times, because Darius Garland certainly has a claim to that as well. But both Jared Allen and Garland have had all-star caliber type seasons, while Evan Mobley certainly is a Rookie of the Year candidate. And so because of all this, even if it's unexpected, you've got a very talented, very balanced Cleveland Cavaliers team. And that's a compliment to J.B. Bickerstaff, right? The former Grizzlies head coach, the coach for the Grizzlies before they hired Taylor Jenkins. He's done an absolutely outstanding job. I truly feel that Bickerstaff and Taylor Jenkins are two of the most deserving Coach of the Year candidates so far this season because of what they've done with the teams that they have had. And Cleveland, it's no fluke. One of the biggest reasons why they've been so successful is because of how they, how defensively they are good. Just like the Nets, who coming into last night's game were in the top ten defending or in the top five in terms of opponents' three point percentage and opponents' um, two point percentage in terms of lowest in the league. 
The Cavaliers are in the top 10 in terms of lowest opponent's three-point field goal percentage and opponent's lowest two-point field goal percentage. This Cavaliers team, while we talk about the talents, and when you talk about these talents, you talk about how impressive they are offensively with Garland's all-around game, Mobley's inside-outside combination, Jared Allen's efficiency at the rim. All that certainly does matter. But this Cavaliers team, a secret to their success, is much like the Grizzlies right now. The Cavaliers simply play very good defense, and they also do very well on the boards. So in tonight's game, it's going to be another tough matchup for the Grizzlies, who are going to be riding a high, obviously, from their win over the Brooklyn Nets. But tonight, the Grizzlies' avenues to success, they're probably going to have to change up a bit. Because the Grizzlies have been getting a lot of benefit over the past two weeks of getting the possession edge through getting offensive rebounds, getting second chance points. Tonight, it's going to be a bit tougher to do that when you've got Lauren Markkinen, when you've got Evan Mobley, when you've got Jaron Allen and others who are going to be crashing the boards for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So the first thing that stands out is not only is Cleveland once again going to make it tough on the Grizzlies, especially in half-court settings, to be able to find consistent offense, Cleveland also is likely going to do a better job than most other teams of limiting the Grizzlies' ability to create a big advantage through the boards. But that's where another opportunity stands out. This time, though, it's going to be interesting to see because Cleveland is one of the more turnover-prone teams in the NBA. They're bottom five in the league when it comes to allowing steals and also to committing turnovers. That plays right into the Grizzlies' opportunistic defense's hands. And though the Grizzlies have done a pretty admirable job of still being able to create turnovers on a nightly basis, even without Melton and Conchar and Kyle Anderson now, as well as Dylan Brooks, that's something that's going to be a huge emphasis tonight, I feel, against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's the defensive activity of the Grizzlies. Now, you're encouraged by the play of Killian Tilly as well as Jarrett Culver, two players who in their own right certainly can create turnovers. But you may be hoping, and, and that I don't say that this is going to happen, because it, and I don't sit here and say that it's likely to happen, but we're to the point now with the duration that both Dylan Brooks and DeAnthony Melton have lasted on health and safety protocols. You're hoping for maybe a surprise in a good way that one of those two players could be available. Again, I feel it's very unlikely, but you'd love for one of those two players to be. But if they're not, this again is going to have to be a night where the Grizzlies are going to have to put forth the effort of playing opportunistic defense in order to be able to get an advantage. Because the Grizzlies are going to, once again, need the ability to have the possession advantage, especially if the Grizzlies, once again, outside of Desmond Bain, are not making their threes, outside of Desmond Bain and John Morant. Because Darius Garland is now back from health and safety protocols. The Cavaliers have lost four out of their last six, but a big reason why is because they've been hampered by health and safety protocols. Well, Darius Garland is back. This Cleveland Cavaliers team is going to be able to play their best players together once again. And when they've been able to play Mobley and Allen and Garland and others together, the results have been very favorable. So it's going to be another tough matchup for the Grizzlies. And I'm going to be honest with you, going into yesterday's game against the Brooklyn Nets, I mentioned it on the podcast, my goal 
was for the Grizzlies to get at least one of these wins, was for them to get a split. And with the fact that the Grizzlies starters had to come back into the game last night to seal the victory against the Nets, I do feel that another factor that comes into play, especially with a winnable game at home against the Pistons on Thursday, and the fact that you, in terms of the overall Western Conference playoff picture, you got some pretty important games on the West Coast once again against both the Clippers and the Lakers on back-to-back nights later this weekend. I'm not saying that the Grizzlies make this a schedule loss like they had to at times last year, but I do think that the Grizzlies have to be mindful, especially with how shorthanded they currently are. Though they should expect reinforcements back, I do think that you may be mindful of minutes tonight against Cleveland. Now, that's not likely because your doctor could jaw and Desmond Bain and others, they're not going to allow it or do everything that they can. But I do think that Taylor Jenkins certainly is mindful of that. So all in all, what I'm getting at is, is that the Grizzlies are more than capable of winning tonight, especially if Desmond Bain and John Morant can once again play to the level that they've been playing. But even if for some reason the Grizzlies were not able to get it done tonight, okay, it happens. At the end of the day, you've been able to get the split that you were looking for. You were able to do it on the front end against the more talented team. And so while that doesn't put you in a position to where you should be satisfied or content with not winning tonight's game, it makes it to where if the results don't work out on your end, it's feasible. You're able you're able to handle it. You're fine. Because beyond John Morant and Desmond Bain, I will say that tonight with Mobley and Allen on the court for the Cavaliers, the more important duo may actually be the defense of, of Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams. Because it's not only the fact that Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. have been able to create advantages for the Grizzlies in previous games on the boards. Tonight, it's going to be the focus of them preventing Allen and Mobley from creating advantages for the Cavaliers on the boards. So it's going to take another team effort. It's going to take another solid effort. And like I say, I do feel that, you know, you're probably not going to see that much of a restriction or anything like that. But what I will say is, is that though the Grizzlies have performed very well in back-to-back games and on back-to-back nights, winning like they have been doing, especially unexpected wins against the Suns and the Nets, while that doesn't give the Grizzlies a reason to go into this game giving less than 100% effort, it does make it to where you've got wiggle room now to where for some reason the Grizzlies don't give their best effort tonight and the results were not to be there, you're fine with it. You get to go back home against the Pistons team that you should be able to beat. Hopefully you'll have a bit more reinforcements due to players coming out of health and safety protocols and you're also riding the momentum of being able to get a split or better against two of the best, better Eastern Conference teams and you were able to play them on the road. So once again, get creating turnovers, playing disciplined basketball, being able to control the boards to hopefully get an advantage, but at the very least limit the advantage of what Cleveland can do with Mobley as well as Allen. And in some way, shape or form, being able to make life tough for Darius Garland in his first game back from health and safety protocols. Those are the keys tonight. For the Grizzlies, we'll see if there's any type of difference in rotations. We'll see if there's any type of hopeful improvement when it comes to the Grizzlies shooting the three, which would obviously be a very good development. But at the end of the day, 
if John Moran and Desmond Bain, once again, are the best duo of players on the court, it's hard not to believe in the Grizzlies being able to get another win. We'll have all the reaction for you on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Make sure you check out myself at Stats SAC, the show at Locked on Grizz, right here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below, free on all podcast platforms as well. Until next time, and after making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day, check out the Locked on Now podcast for all the latest reactions when it comes to the NBA, the NFL, all your sports actions across the sports world. Until next time, my name's Sean Coleman. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.